0: And it me see this.
1: So we begin this morning I want to read a verse from Psalm 84,
0: verse 10. Maybe familiar to some of us. That verse says, For a day in your courts is better than the top of the I would rather be verse is written by, um, it's attributed to the sons of the Torah. And what the the psalmist in this verse is saying is that he would rather stand outside God's house and be close to Him enough to just be just next to where He is than be anywhere else. He he would rather be God's doorman than live in the penthouse suite. He would rather stand outside guarding the Where God exists, where God is. That living that goes back to mansion on the earth. You know, the psalms are full of language, of longing, of longing for God, of longing for the more of God's presence, longing for for God's blessing, longing for a relationship with God. One of my favorite Psalms is is Psalm 63, and it begins by by saying, Oh God, you are. God is, isn't the source of, of true joy and goodness. It, it isn't because I don't believe that God is the true source of joy. It's that my heart is misaligned with God. It,
1: it's that the thing that I say
0: I believe isn't really the thing that I'm on a day out basis. James closes his letter, he's writing his letter to the church we've been looking at for the last couple of months. James kind of closes his letter by telling us his father, telling us what he wants for us. That, that, that James wants us First, point this morning is that we ought to be to God through to God through heaven. Now, the psalm that we opened with, Psalm 84, was written again by the sons of Korah. And then the, the sons of Korah were a, a group of people within the tribe of Egypt. In the Old Testament, this, this particular group of people, this particular family, this clan, it was their job. Literally be God's glory. They stood outside the tabernacle and guarded the way into God's presence. They stood outside the temple when the temple was built in Jerusalem and did the same thing. They were the doormen of God in Israel. Their whole job, their whole existence, their whole lives were about standing in front of God's house and guarding the way into God's presence. Everything. In the same way, James, he opens this passage in verse 13. He tells us that everything in our lives, even if we don't actually stand in front of the temple all day long, everything in our lives is still there to bring us back to God. We should relate to God through everything. Look at verse 13 again. James writes, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? James is, is bookending his, his letter, so to speak, by, by bringing up suffering again. If you remember from, from the very first chapter of James, he opened his letter with talking about suffering. He says in verse 2 of James 1 Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trial, suffering of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. The bookends in James are suffering the I mean, people he's writing to are suffering in some way we're not exactly sure about. It. But there's a lot of suffering in the church of, of James' day. And I think just like the sons of Korah saw everything in their lives when they came back to God, James wants us, he, he wants us to see all of life sacramentally. God. He wants us to see everything in our lives lives sacramentally. Now, we worry, as, as Protestant Christians, in our tradition. we believe there are two sacraments, the Lord's Supper and, and the Baptist. And so when I say we should see everything in our life sacramentally, yeah, I don't mean see everything in your life as God the the Lord's Supper. Makes sense, right? But, but we believe that like, the Lord's Supper, for example, is a sacrament. Because God in His Word has promised to meet us there god in his faithfulness meets us all the time all kinds of different places but he hasn't promised to meet me when i first up. god doesn't promise to show up at my breakfast he hasn't promised that when i'm binging netflix he's going to suddenly appear on the street but god has promised he has bound himself he's covenanted with us to oblige himself to show up why in a lot of ways we always suffer as the Holy is in our worship. Because we know that Christ himself has the power of the Spirit to nourish us both physically and spiritually. And and, and in that way, but we know we mean God, we know that God shows up when we are not In that way, he wants to not, not believe that God's going to show up in every single thing in our lives. He wants us to look at everything in our lives as a way to relate it back to Him. He, he wants us to look at our joy. Does anyone look at you cheerful? Let me sing praise. When you're, when you're experiencing a high in life when you've succeeded in something at, at work, or, or someone in your home has had you know, it's a great day, and everybody's happy, and they're just enjoying an experience of being together, Loving one another, or you've just seen a great movie and you just kind of walk out of the theater and man. God doesn't want us to stop there. We don't walk out of the movie like, going, man, that was really good. That dress was awesome. That actress was great. Then we want to fight. James says, Through His word change. That our eyes should be drawn through our suffering so the God of our unlimited. Our suffering should remind us of our weakness. Our suffering should remind us of our sinfulness, of our brokenness, of our great But when we let our suffering stop, Don't go further and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm so sad. Things are hard. Things are difficult. I feel lonely. When we don't let loneliness draw our lives to heaven and we cry out to God, as the Bible calls us to, there are songs filled with, Lord, why has God abandoned me? Where are you? And what's going on? Well, we're in the midst of suffering, God. We're in the midst of trials. To see all of our life sacramentally. God has, has called us to do that because He's called us as a nation of priests. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, You, church, are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The thing about the priests in the Old Testament was that they got to consecrate stuff. They got to take something and make it holy. You and I now have been given this calling. We have been called by Christ's name and now we give this new identity as a loyal priesthood, a nation of priests, the people of God called to make everything in our lives holy to him. There is nothing in your life that isn't savior. There is nothing in your life that should be given back to God in praise, prayer, and adoration. And so whether it's, it's trial or trial, our eyes should be drawn back to God. Yeah. How do you see yourself? Any less than you are. When you complain, you are active. You are, active. You are, active. You are a child of the living God. God has lifted you up to the highest place and called you a nation of grace. You have the privilege of bringing the holiness of God into everything in your life. You ask yourself, what what is it that you want? Do you want those things? Do you
1: want your own particular individual version of what you believe to be Do you want your idiosyncratic
0: definition of joy to be the thing that, that you're striving for? Who so love you? And you were lost and you helped He sacrificed his Do you want your Who loves you enough to call you by his own name? Who loves you enough to adopt you into his household? Who loves you enough to impart his own holiness to you when he gave you Spirit? This we don't want God more than anything else. We should live and then we should choose life. We should choose life. And in Deuteronomy, Moses is, is giving God's law a second time to his people before, um, before they enter into the promised land. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses kind of puts the choice before God's people. He says this to them. He says, I call heaven and earth to against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you lost and your offspring may live. God doesn't condemn us simply for, for desiring something else. He gives us the choice, He gives us the opportunity to choose, to open ourselves to Him today. That's not only the beginning of the Bible, the end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 3. God, the God shows the same thing, shows his heart to us again. In Revelation 3, verse 20, Jesus stands and says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and say, I can eat with him. He. We have the opportunity this morning not to just keep going with to not keep going with, with our own definition of the good life. We have the opportunity this morning to open ourselves to what God wants for us. Christ is standing at the door knocking. <laughs> and we have the opportunity to throw the door Jesus calling the second to rely on God's people. To rely on God's people. He, he talks about if anyone is sick, that doesn't call to the helpers, they will come to and pray over him. in verse 15, he kind of talks about how if that person who's sick asks for prayer, then if he's if he committed sins, he will be forgiven. Which stuff he's talking about this with the healing that he's talking about. And then in verse 16, he lands here He and says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, That on your own. Confess your sins to one another, and pray for one that die on your In our Western way of thinking, we tend to enforce the physical Holy Spirit. We think, okay, I'm sick. And then we think, okay, I'm depressed, or I'm hurting, or I'm guilty. Then I go into prayer, and I leave the physical out of it. But James doesn't have that, that Western baggage. James knows that the God created his body and soul, and those two things are, are intertwined, intertwined in ways that are mysterious. So he mentions the anointing of oil, not the sign of God's blessing I got strength and I can talk yet. But even, even in my own responses of illness, it was simply okay, I'm going to take medicine, stress a lot, stay in bed, and then I'll get better and I'll get back that. Time. But we in such a fashion
1: should be convicted of that Because God doesn't want me
0: to just do my own individual thing when I'm sick, but he's calling me. To rely on all of you to ask for prayer, to, to, to reach out and say, "I'm weak.
1: I'm not self-sufficient.
0: I'm not able on my own. Please pray for me." And in the same way, sickness is an opportunity for all of us. Weakness and weakness is an opportunity for all of us to recognize our need to recognize our. I'm going salvation and religiosity and religiosity say, standing and healing and all the rest of it, but that doesn't say, we, we might do those things in reference to God and in praise His name, but at the end of the day it's not that religion that brings us forgiveness, it's Christ and Christ alone. And so we should confess our sins to each other. Not in some kind of an obligatory or dead religious way, but because God promises grace and so I ask yourself again do I want to be in God's presence? Do I want His grace in my life? Because if I do, then I'll go to my brother, I'll go to my sister, and I will in my weakness. He was telling all of Israel, hey, you are, you are following idols, you're following um, a, a, a kind of a spirituality that's going to lead to your death. Not to we think God's judgment not to bless And They have friends. That sort of that reference from James. We think, okay, well, like, should I pray for a random liberty now? Is that is that like it, just in order to bolster my own faith, should I pray for a hurricane somewhere? Um, is this is this part of God's will in my life. But, but what we need to understand is that, that Elijah wasn't randomly praying that God. Elijah in his ministry was actually praying. the Old Testament didn't come with random words of God. They came as that prosecuting eternity sent by God to tell his people the ways that they failed to keep covenant And so in Deuteronomy 28, there's a passage that said, and there's be, uh, verse, verse 23 of that passage. Where, where, where Moses is telling Israel that they will be cursed today. He says to them, that the heavens over your head shall be blocks of sun, and the earth under you shall be mine. And for an agricultural society, we depended on the rain. In the Bible, it says to oh, the Lord, You will give me. And there was no the place in the Bible where I can say, God has promised this, therefore I am. In my opinion. that is in accordance with my will, in accordance with my will, I will answer. <coughs> and the best way we can do that, verse 19 and 20, James says, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders the truth, and someone brings you. not a random closing, but a random line closing say. everything in our lives should be inside of right? Every one in our lives should be something to bring back to God as holy. If you have a brother or a sister who is wandering from the truth, if you know someone We will save his soul. Obrigado.